Welcome to On The Way, a podcast to help you make a meaningful connection with Jesus every day in the midst of your day-to-day. On today's episode, Alex Kirk, lead pastor of Chatham Community Church, tells his story of how he became more present to the grace available to him in the present. And he offers some training to help you go and do likewise. Hope you enjoy. Many, many years ago, I hit a bit of a wall and a personal crisis that lasted several months. Lots of things were changing all around me, especially at work. And I was just overwhelmed by the challenges and transitions. I was disoriented. My mind would just not stop racing. I was worried all the time. I was anxious. I was churning. Again, this went on for several, several months. One key indicator that all was not well with my soul was I couldn't sleep. And I don't mean to brag, but I feel pretty certain I had the spiritual gift of sleep. So if I can't sleep, something's really, really wrong with me. Again, this went on for months and months and months where I just could not kind of quiet my mind and my heart. And I felt sort of disoriented in a disproportionate sort of a way. I I was doing all the good and important things that I knew I should be doing. I was trying to read scripture, but I had a hard time landing and settling into it. I was trying to pray. I tried to remember what was true about God and me and God's love for me. And I went to go see a great therapist who was helping me kind of work through some things. I reached out to some friends who were praying for me, but that internal dialogue just wouldn't turn off. And I knew cognitively what was going on. And I knew cognitively I was in transition and a little bit disoriented and I was struggling a little bit. I knew cognitively that God was good and I was going to be okay. And The world wasn't coming to an end. And I knew cognitively I should not be all that stressed out about this, but coming at the problem cognitively just wasn't working. If I could shut down that unhealthy, stressed out internal dialogue, I would have, but I couldn't. And during this time, I heard someone unpack a familiar biblical story in a way that put some language around what I was feeling. In the New Testament, there's a great story where Jesus is visiting in the home of two sisters, Mary and Martha. They're two of Jesus' closest friends. And Mary sits at Jesus' feet and Martha's busy preparing the meal and getting things in order. And she gets frustrated that Mary's just sitting there at Jesus' feet. And she says to Jesus, tell Mary to get up and come help me. And Jesus replies, Martha, you are worried about many things. And in the sermon I was listening to, the pastor said, the word for worried literally means many-minded. Martha, you're many-minded. And I thought, that's it. That's how I feel. This rabid many-mindedness that I couldn't shake or turn off. I didn't want it to keep overrunning running my heart and my soul, but I just couldn't seem to stop it. And what I found is that many-mindedness t- takes up all kinds of forms. Much in our culture feeds us into many-mindedness. Just multitasking itself is a many-minded way of life, uh, being constantly fo- pulled in a dozen different directions. You start one task and you start thinking about two others you need to get to. Phones always buzzing, emails always piling up. Being many-minded is easy for any of us to fall into. If our internal world is a little bit like RPMs on your car, lots of us are running every day in that little window of space between the green line and the red line, that little small window. And if you add a little bit of stress or a big move or job change, it doesn't take much to tip us over to that red line into over-revving. And I was in that spot many years ago. I was living in the red, rev up all the time, exhausted, stressed out. I knew the right answers. I knew it was true and right, but I couldn't unhook from that inner dialogue. And into that situation, a friend of mine who had no idea I was struggling gave me a wonderful gift. It was a book, which is always a good gift for for me. I love books. But this gift, this gift, this book described a practice called centering prayer. And he didn't know I was having a hard time. I hadn't told him. 
He'd just been prompted by God to give me a book, and the first book he tried to order was out of stock, so he had to give me this one. It was just another one of those instances where, as it turned out, God was working. As it turned out, God was working even when I thought he was far off and far away. So this book was on centering prayer, and centering prayer is an ancient Christian practice where instead of using primarily words, you try to rest and receive the present, the presence of Christ. You sit comfortably, you set a little timer, and you just be quiet to receive Jesus' presence. He's the one who fills all things, created all things, who's always present with you. You're not asking for anything. You're not even hoping or asking God to speak or give you any kind of a word or an image. It's really just about surrendering to the fact that God is the ultimate reality. And there's larger realities than what you and I can see or handle or touch. And we're asking God to fill, who fills all things to fill us with those larger realities as we surrender to those larger realities. See, becoming a Christian at the very beginning is all about surrender. It's about receiving. It's about recognizing our need for a savior. It's about repentance. It's about recognizing we can't save ourselves. It's about surrendering to a God who has come in Jesus to deliver us. It's all about surrender. And it starts with surrender to the larger realities of sin and death and forgiveness and resurrection, God's primary reality. But after we become Christians, we sometimes think it's all about us. And there is work to do, important work to do. But what if all our work only makes the spiritual impact God intends for it if we start with surrender first? Like, What if surrender is really the first and core spiritual practice? For the whole of our lives. And what if surrender is the only way we can be fully present to the larger realities of God's work in Jesus? And those realities so often get clouded behind the smokescreen of today's drama or crises or to-do list. All that stuff feels so urgent today, but usually it's forgotten within 48 hours. Centering prayer is about practicing that surrender on a regular basis. Quieting ourselves to be fully present to larger realities. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God, who's always with us. Now, of course, for almost all of us, if we just try to sit down and be quiet for a few minutes, we find ourselves swallowed up and overrun by thoughts and to-do lists and all that kind of stuff. So a key practice of centering prayer is that you choose what's called a sacred word that indicates your desire to be open to God's presence. And whenever your mind starts to drift or you start thinking about your to-do list or how you cure cancer or solve all the world's problems, what you do is you bring that sacred word back to mind to focus you. Just kind of, not saying it out loud, just kind of coming back to that word. It's almost like you've been in a conversation in a coffee shop. A distraction pops up and you looked over and engaged with it. But then you realize, oh, that's nothing. And you come back to the person you're talking to. Okay, sorry. Back to what we're talking about. Back to you. Back to what this is all about. The sacred words, what you bring to mind silently when your mind gets distracted as you try to make yourself available to whatever it is God has for you. My little sacred word is peace. Peace was actually a word that I felt like God gave me many, many, many years ago, and I didn't especially like it when I first got it. I, I was doing some listening prayer at the time to see if God would give me a word or an image, and uh, the word peace came to mind. And part of the reason why I knew it was God's word was because I didn't want the word. I kind of wanted something with a little more energy, a little bit more enthusiasm. I prefer energy things, in case you don't know this, that about me. Uh, but then, uh, so it was a word I didn't particularly want initially, or a gift I didn't particularly want, until God showed me how much I needed it. And this season of my life was a, a sign or a picture of how much I really did need God's peace. So the instructions in this book about centering prayer were very simple. One, you pick a sacred word, very simple, one syllable, peace, love, Jesus, spirit, joy, something short, biblical, kind of rooted in scripture, one word. Then you pick a quiet spot, and then you get comfortable but not too comfortable, ideally. Then uh, you pray a brief surrender prayer, just asking God to 
cleanse you of any sin and meet you in this time. And then you set a timer for some period of time. We'll talk about that in a minute. And then you try to quiet your mind. And whenever thoughts come up, you just internally bring back that sacred word back to mind as a signal back to God, back to what we're doing, back to you, God, back to whatever you want to do in this time. So as I read this book, and I'm in the middle of this sort of anxiety kind of driven season of my life, I realized that this was the tool I needed to give God full access to the things inside me that I could not solve cognitively. I was many-minded, crazy stressed. I couldn't shut down the dialogue in my head. And I knew nothing that I knew to do could stop it. And so the image that I had in mind as I was reading the book and as I was thinking about my own life was I was sitting in the driver's seat of a car and the engine was just revving like crazy, stuck in neutral. And what I needed to do was turn off the engine, pop open the hood of my heart, and just sit there with the engine off while God went to work to fix the engine to do whatever the engine needed to be fixed on. Things I couldn't do, things I didn't understand, God had access to. This prayer was a surrender tool I needed to open my heart more fully to trust that while I did not understand what was going on, God did. George MacDonald uh, is an old writer who uh, influenced C.S. Lewis a lot, and he says that uh, something to the effect of uh, – we are a mystery to ourselves, but we're no mystery to God. That we're no mystery to God. God totally understands kind of who we are, our responses, all the noises of our souls, all the things that we do or say that don't make sense to us or that we battle. God totally understands all those things. And I needed to pop the hood of my heart open and just ask God to go to work in places that I couldn't reach or engage with and trust that as deep cries out to deep, God's spirit could go to work in my spirit to reorder some things and quiet some things. So I gave it a shot. I tried to do this. Now, I'd never done anything like this consistently before, and I knew I wasn't going to be very good at it. I'm not good at being quiet. I'm not good at being still. I don't, and I don't usually like to try stuff that I won't be good at. It's like, like one of my many character flaws. If I know I'm not going to be good at something, I don't want to try it very often. But I was so desperate, and it seemed so clear that this was like a lifeline that God was tossing to me, and I felt like I was drowning inside my own head and heart. I just jumped all in on this. So I started doing these centering prayer sessions three times a day. I just needed God to have full access to quiet all the rev inside me. And we said we talk about how long we said we talk about how long to set the timer for. The book I was reading recommended 20 minutes per session. That sounded like an eternity to me, but I was so desperate I did it anyway. Three 20 minute sessions every day, one full hour every day, just trying to sit quietly in God's presence and shut up. Now, for the most part, I stank, and I just like I knew I would. I knew I would be terrible at it, and I absolutely was terrible at it. It was 20 minutes of releasing thoughts, coming back to my sacred word over and over and over again. Peace, peace, peace. And the book was really good. It said, you're not battling thoughts. You're not fighting you're not, re- you're not wrestling deeply. You're just releasing over and over and over again. Just release, release, release to try to decompress, kind of wind down some of that sense of like, oh, I can't do this. It was just a very gracious. Just keep letting it go. Uh, the, the image in, uh, that, that he used, the author used was, it's like you're looking at a strong river that's running. And boats and debris come floating by and the goal is to let those thoughts pass those the the boats and the debris let those pass without getting hooked into them without thinking about them every now and then you'll find that you got hooked in you sort of started tracking the boat rather than looking at the stream or the river and so when that happens you just gently sort of detach from that boat and let it float downstream and come back to the river peace peace or whatever your sacred word is 
So I was doing that for uh, three 20-minute sessions a day for the first several weeks. And there's only one way to describe what it was for me. It was the tool God used to save me, like maybe literally save me. First, I had so much energy. Oh, my gosh. I, I was expending so much energy carrying around all this anxiety and worry and stress. It was like someone just cut off this huge ball and chain I was dragging around. And over time, as I continued to open the hood and let God do whatever God wanted to do at places in my heart, my soul, and my mind that I just couldn't access myself, what happened was that whole internal world just reset, resettled. God quieted my soul, rooted me again, brought me back from the brink of meltdown, possibly. The engine of my soul wasn't over, over revving while I was stuck in neutral. My resting RPMs settled back down into the green zone. And even after the crisis was over and it kind of worked, I continued to practice centering prayer. Eventually, I dialed it back to twice a day. I continued to do it for about 12 months, just about every single day. And I, was, I, I became more rooted and anchored in God and God's presence and all that came with that. See, I think that there's a couple layers to time. Like there's our time that we experience and all the pressures and frustrations and anxieties. There's never enough time and there's always more to do than time to do it. All the ways we think about talk about time. But I think God has his own time. He dwells in deep time called eternity. And practicing centering prayer helped me to press my life roots down into deep time. The writer of the book Ecclesiastes has this wonderful little quote, a little gem. The Ecclesiastes writer says this, God has placed eternity in the hearts of men, but they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. God has placed eternity in the hearts of all people. But we cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. It's like this. Like, I love Krispy Kreme donuts. Love them. And when our hearts are like chocolate ice cream filled donuts. At the center is a sweet, wonderful gift called eternity by the, deposited there by the maker and the creator. And centering prayer is a way to let your life roots sink deep into that deep time, deep into God's eternity. And when we're rooted in God's deep time and his deep peace, his deep wisdom, his deep joy, it frees us from the franticness of a life lived solely in this time, in this pace. And that was my experience with centering prayer. Coming into this past new year, my news resolution was to be more present to the grace available to me at each moment. I just felt like so many things I was letting rob me of my joy. And I wanted to acknowledge those things, but not let those things define me or define the state of my internal world. And so as a part of my New Year's resolution, I picked back up on centering prayer after several years of having it a little be in the background or on, uh, on the bench. And uh, this time around, I'm doing one session a day, and I've only been doing it about seven minutes a day. Seven sounded like a holy number, so I went with that. So seven minutes a day, once a day. Uh, but even just that little bit has been a, a rich gift to me to help me to live more steeped in God's deep time and, and his presence. So if this sounds interesting to you, if, there's, if you have a desire, if this is sort of quickening something in your heart that you want to be drawn deeper into God's deep time and his presence. Uh, simple steps. Step one, pick a sacred word. Find something simple. Maybe something that is meaningful to you, but not even that meaningful because you don't want to get hooked into the word. You want to use the word as a way to bring yourself back to, to God and God's presence. Peace, love, Jesus, joy. Again, anything biblical. Two, find a quiet spot for a little bit. Three, get comfortable, but not too comfortable. Uh, four, pray a brief prayer of surrender, kind of asking God to forgive any sin or anything that would come in the way between you and himself and uh, open yourself up, sort of uh, pray a prayer of surrender. That That's how the Christian life gets started. That's how the Christian life continues. It's the strength of our lives, actually. And then five, set a timer for some period of time. I'd encourage you 
Uh, if you're going to do it uh, to begin with, just five, seven minutes, maybe try to do that twice a day if you can. If you can get that kind of time in, that would be a great way to get started. And then uh, so set the timer for five, seven, ten minutes, and then try to quiet your mind. Just kind of let, let thoughts flow downstream. And then whenever thoughts do come up and you get hooked into them, just internally bring back that sacred word to mind as a way to signal back to God. Hey, back to what we're doing. Back to your presence. Back to you. My hope and my prayer is that maybe for some of you, that this practice might be fruitful for you, a way to uh, connect with a God who is for you and who is with you, who is always present to you, to root you in God's deep, eternal time. And may God's deep, eternal time uh, be a center, a deep center of peace from which we operate as uh, healthy, holy, whole men and women made in God's image to love him, love our neighbor, and be part of his great work in the world. Amen.